Adam's just not, he's not on <laughs> seltzer duty. All right. Adam can't be put on seltzer duty. It was a burden. Like Adam bought us a burden. <laughs> yeah. Because, and, and Adam bought us 30 half empty seltzer cans that just got left lying around because nobody <laughs> ever drank a full one. I, every time I would be like, it's not that bad. I'm sure it's not that bad. If we were less forgiving men, that would be the last time Adam was invited to cabin. Welcome to Several People Are Typing. I'm your host, Jim, and I'm joined by Will tonight. And we've got some fun politics to talk about. It was an exciting week, and I think we're going to start off um, in, in the drug world. Uh, something related to COVID uh, as a, this uh, related to Pfizer, although uh, nothing to do with the vaccine. So, so it's come out in recent papers. Uh, that was a terrible spin into that, but whatever. So, so Heather Bresch, who is Heather Bresch? She is Joe Manchin's daughter and she was CEO of Mylan, which is a pharmaceutical that makes EpiPens. During her time at Mylan, uh, the um, cost of an EpiPen rose from $100 in 2007 to $600, I believe in 2015. Um, and a lot of uh, information came out to say, well, how, how were they able to do this? Um, how was there not like a competitive product? Well, it turns out that they had this unofficial agreement with Pfizer. This all came out in, in emails uh, uh, that they had an unofficial agreement with Pfizer to say, hey, Pfizer, you had a competitor product. If you kill it, um, you know, we'll share the profits as we jack up the prices. We're the only game in town. And this kind of all came out uh, in the last week or two in documents released to federal courts that uh, as part of an ongoing investigation. So very interesting. Um, the fact that she's Joe Manchin's daughter is probably what, what, more than I care. I think I have a lot of hatred for him, considering all of the anti, you know, $3.5 trillion bill talk that he's having. And I feel like this kind of fits with the Manchin uh, kind of family as far as corrupt corporate, you know, executives. This is this is on brand. Yes. For mansions. Thank you. Thank you. Apple, not far from the tree stuff. Comment, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I mean, first off, I think saying like interesting news out of the world of drugs, <laughs> this like, you know, killer new thing called an EpiPen. It's big. Like, this is maybe, maybe the, the most anticlimactic drug you could talk about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when, not when, a sexy when you drug. said, it, when you set it up that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I overhyped it's what, it's, it. It's, it's it's what all the kids are doing now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> behind behind uh, behind the the gym court the the basketball courts. Getting, yeah, I mean, they're getting the, their the, the bitch of it is like it's way more expensive than what they are doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, don't put don't put shit in emails. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, hey, I'm sending you this email as a reminder that we did some collusion. And that you should you really need to uh, you should hold <laughs> you should hold up your end of the bargain on that collusion thing that we talked about. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that like I know we discussed it over drinks in a really casual setting, but I wanted to formalize um, our collusion agreement in email. Yeah, that somebody will eventually find. Um, and she sent it not like on behalf of or a lower. It is literally the president uh, Heather who sent this email. Um, no, so it was on behalf of. It was sent by uh, Melissa R. Shreve on behalf oh, of sorry. Heather Brush. But I feel like she signed it. It is signed at the bottom. All the best, Heather. Like, like that just you means that you, like... You, maybe Melissa R. Shreve is taking Heather Brush's <laughs> name in vain. Yeah. Liberties with it. Could you imagine Heather was like, uh, Melissa, 
Oh, look at that. Melissa's in a weird. There was, there, yeah, there's also an email to the HR department saying, uh, on behalf of Heather Bresh, Melissa R. Shreve is to get the <laughs> closest spot, the closest spot to parking spot to the door moving forward. You remember that uh, parking spot I gave you, Melissa? You're really going to have to pull on the sword on this one, okay? All right. <laughs> Tit for tat, okay? Uh, uh, I no, I'm, ju- gonna- I'm just saying, Melissa, Melissa, like to the to the building cafeteria on behalf of Heather Bresh. Um, Melissa R. Shreve eats for free. I get first access to this the is, chicken tendies when yeah, they come is, out. This is like if I had signature power of the CEO of my company, like there is no end to the shit that I would do and then eventually be fired. But I'm saying maybe, maybe Heather Brush, maybe Baby Mansion is innocent in all this. Maybe, maybe it was her executive, was her executive uh, assistant, assistant. Yeah. <laughs> meeting, took- with, meeting with Pfizer. You, they they're very they're very uh proactive that way they're, they can read their uh, their boss's minds and they can just run the whole thing for them why even have a ceo at that point um certainly I, mean, I feel like there's a lot of executive assistants that basically feel that way on like unironically like that is that is flat out their opinion and yeah. i know enough executives that i'm pretty sure executive assistants could definitely do their job <laughs> <laughs> so you know well so so um the spectrum is, here <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair um uh so uh while heather isn't the current ceo this was all happening when when she was ceo of mylan um i'm not sure what'll come from it but it was news i felt like it was worth mentioning yeah i mean did anybody think that there was something not shady going on with epipens given the dramatic increase in price um and that includes project x2 um, which I think all service and emails, which is making it a requirement that you can't just buy one. You have to buy two at a time, which I think they said increased profits by like 20 or 30% or something like that. Only 20 or 30. I know you would think yeah. it would be double, but I don't, I think it's like, yeah, I'm sure that there's enough people buying multiples anyway. Right. Um, um, you know, because EpiPens kind of save lives because they're actually a, a, an incredibly important drug. So, so, you know, um, why innovate when you can just collude stifle competition and raise prices, you know, cause that's how what markets long, do. Yeah. How the fuck long have EpiPens been out? Like, I feel like we've been, I, f- I feel like EpiPens have been so expensive for so long that the patent had to have been like be gone by now. I, I, I mean, again, Pfizer bought a competitor and, and um, I don't think there's any patent protection here. I think Pfizer bought a competitor oh, wait, to it. Do, uh, for some reason, and this is like me talking completely out of my ass. Like I have no idea why I have this piece of information in my head so i don't i make no claims as it's uh, to its you know validity um but for some reason i remember reading about how the drug isn't patented anymore but their injector is patented got it. and like that's the thing that they that is valuable now um which is keeping the epipen price high yeah which got is it. why they're like generic companies aren't just allowed to make epipens for super cheap they would have to design their own yeah patent. they're uh, uh, their own system that didn't violate the injection method of the got it got it got it yeah the, the patent on the like stable you know injector right why not just patent all of it and keep delaying that thing so 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 the company that Pfizer had purchased was Adrenaclick and and they effectively killed the company to to share the profits of EpiPen so I gotta say of um, pharmaceutical company names Adrenaclick is a damn good one <laughs> Like I want some what, something they're selling. I want like that is a good name. What do you think? Is, uh, what do you think the product does? I mean, it's what plants crave. Like that's that's what I'm. Yeah. I, 
yeah, it's, like, it, yeah. it's to the point. It, it feels like adrenoclick feels like it's selling like Red Bull injections. Like that's yeah, it's solid name. Definitely better than EpiPen. It's definitely better than Pfizer. That's true. Oh wait, okay. Adrenoclick is not the company name; it's the product name. It was the, like the the competitor, or was it the name of the company? Oh, it's probably just the product name. You're right. Yeah, because if it's the product name, like okay, that makes sense. And yeah, it's better than EpiPen. Um, but if Adrenoclick is the name of the company, way better. I, I mean, I'm on Adrenoclick.com. Okay. No, uh, Amedra Pharmaceuticals is who makes it. Got it. Got so it. It's right there. Fine. Yeah, and Amedra. That's standard. That is like boilerplate yeah. fucking pharmaceutical name. You're right. It's not the co- it's not the company name. It was just the product. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Disappointing. So so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> um, back to the boring names. So um, I guess we'll see how this investigation goes. Um, I'm not even uh, sure how much is even you know how much is really at rest besides a ton of embarrassment. Hopefully some fines. None of this looks like it hints towards any jail time, but um, you can always hope. Yeah, I'm. I'm- I'm curious as to why they were investigating, like what, how that came to light to begin with. I think is I think it's what you said. Like EpiPens for no reason, shot up like seven X, you know. And all someone has to say is, "Hmm, that's weird." Like your cost didn't go up seven X. Like that's weird, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, Th- this line, this line in the um in this article is hilarious to me. That uh, in 2016, Brush testified before Congress about the price increases and expressed some limited regret that customers had paid the fullest price. <laughs> Why the fuck does it cost that much if you don't actually want anybody paying it? We we increased um, the price, but we we knew that they were all going to haggle us, and we're kind of shocked um, that they didn't. Um, you know, yeah. like um, like Medicare's inability to negotiate prices, like. Wait, really? Some people are actually barred from negotiating these prices. What do you mean? But it, you well, know, even even with the um, barring, like even if they were allowed to negotiate, the negotiations are so wildly different. There was an article in the New York Times uh, a couple weeks ago about how wildly different um, the costs of services at hospitals are for different insurance companies, and uh, because they negotiate it differently, and that there are uh, certain procedures that with insurance wind up costing you more than without insurance because of the way that they have been negotiated. So there's like an MRI, if you have no insurance is like $1,500, or if you have like Blue Cross Blue Shield, it's $1,300. Or if you have Cigna, it's $3,000. And like, there's a world that exists in which you have Cigna. So you put down that you have Cigna they bill you the $3,000 and then it t- turns out you have a super high deductible plan and you're like, no, 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 no. Just like, I would like, like to pay the, like, don't put this in through insurance. I'd like to pay the the $1,500 please. Cause it's going to cost me $3,000. I haven't hit my deductible yet. Holy and, shit. and they, they don't at that point. Cause like now you, you like, no, we put this through your insurance. It's cost $3,000. Right. We'd rather make more money. Yeah. And yeah, so they're, they're like, uh, drug prices and like all of this negotiation is all such bullshit and leads to some like really counterintuitive corner cases that are unfortunately more common and like less corner case, I guess, than, than you would think. Right. Um, I guess yeah. like uh, it shouldn't be possible for you to pay more money if you have insurance, like that should be impossible. I'm like, I'm sure with enough fighting, eventually the, like the hospital will cave but like, but you have to do a ton of fighting on that right now 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 you're playing a whole nother layer it it goes to the 
you know, the idea that the insurance companies are ultimately fighting for your best dollar is a joke. I mean, it's a joke, right? Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's not all their fault. Um, they're, they're, I'm sure um, that like no insurance company is likely allowed to officially know what anyone else negotiated, right? So I'm sure that there's protection. So they all yeah. have to kind of do it in the blind. But, but um, you know, the idea that this can come out of it kind of proves that this is, a, I don't know what they call it, like a market failure. Like th- yeah. there's nothing relating to the idea that competition breeds the best uh, and cheapest good. Like this is, uh, you know, that only works when everyone is aware of the pricing and everyone can negotiate in, in, in a known open space. When when all this price fixing happens, it's it's all, I, I mean, negotiate they, them. They, they would say that like the hospital is getting the most that it can possibly get because it gets to negotiate the prices individually. Which great, but I like, uh, uh, um, I, I have no, like the insurance company is going to make a profit no matter what they negotiate. So like, you know, I just don't think they have the strongest incentive to negotiate um, uh, in a lot of these ways, right? Um, no, they have, ton- they have tons of incentive to negotiate because the whatever, like the less they pay, it's not like they're charging you less. Um, then they have, then, they have an incredible incentive. They have as like, much of an incentive as anybody. Then are they really bad at it? Is that the argument? Yeah, maybe they just don't do enough as much business, right? Like maybe, you know, bigger insurance companies or more prevalent insurance companies in a certain region, right? Like maybe Blue Cross Blue Shield is, you know, bigger here than Cigna is, or I, yeah, I have no idea like what the, that's part of the problem, right? Is that you don't have no idea what actually goes into these negotiations. Um, I would argue if you're, and there's there's probably some sort of collusion. Well, (laughs) Um, well, my point is if, if, if as an insurance company, you can't get the cost if someone walked in without insurance and you are unaware of that cost. I believe, a, I believe that that is the hospital doing a service, right? Like that is the hospital essentially saying like, it's, it is not okay that people who are uninsured, you know, can't get these services. So we will give it to them at cost or just above cost and we'll make it up via the, the insurance companies. And that's why they're billed at such a high rate. Sorry. I, if, if that's the case and that is actually the cost of the hospital for them, then that's, that's not the same thing. Um, yeah, I think that's largely what happens with like any of these like relatively reasonable uninsured costs is it's the hospital making the cost for the uninsured a reasonable amount of money. Got it. Because if they make it a reasonable amount of money, they'll at least pay something. If you tried to bill $3,000 for an MRI to somebody without insurance, they're probably just going to be like, well, I'm never going to fuck pay that because I don't have $3,000. But if you say, well, it's 1500 and we can do it in like installments or something, that's a much more approachable thing. I don't know. I feel like you're also now giving the hospitals too much credit, but that's fair. Um, it, yeah. it, the whole thing. Well, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I don't even know that it's the hospital, like giving the hospitals credit, right? Cause like ultimately it gets something as opposed to nothing, right? Like that, that can still be in the hospital's best interests. It might, it's not altruistic necessarily. It just happens to work out best for everybody. I, I still think uh, the, the closed door negotiations that I'm sure happen here um, are, are not, you know, like, None of this is, this is all, you know, information kept away to, to guarantee better outcomes for the person who has the information and worse outcomes for people who don't. Right. And when the information isn't freely shared, you can't create a, a an honest like market, uh, 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 you know, uh, a conclusion to like what something should and shouldn't cost. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like not being able to tell what your salary is to your coworkers. Right. Which is well, not puts illegal. Dis- puts everybody at a disadvantage for negotiating. Well, it's it's not illegal, but the stigma has been successfully maintained, and it's only in 
the uh, the employer's interest, not in the employees. Yet, yet the stigma is still powerful to today, where they 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 will make you feel like you are going to make like the other person angry that you make more. Um, and and they do that because they don't want to have to answer to that, right? I'm I am I'm the asshole at work where like I will I tell everybody what how much I make and I ask basically everybody how much they make. Like everybody, like everybody should know. I I feel weird having that conversation, and and I, I admit it's because the stigma works. Like social pressure works, and yeah, even I'm though ch- I know I'm I should feel those, I'm changing things. the world, Jim. Yeah, you, you please please change the world and <laughs> one awkward conversation at a time. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, <laughs> first one's through. They get all the shit. So good luck with that. Okay, buddy. Yeah. So I mean, going back to. To the, the the pricing here. Um, Is that what we were talking about? Yeah, we. I mean, we should just. It so clearly should just be like how many many other countries do it, where they have a national price book, and this is how much it costs. Like every MRI costs this much money. Like that is how much it co- you're you are allowed to charge this much and nothing more. So like regardless of where you go, an MRI is going to cost a thousand dollars or however much it's, you know however much the government decides that it's going to cost. That would be nice. And, yeah. And like that should be the same for literally all medical services. And the government should be allowed to negotiate drug prices for its for its plans. Yeah, of course that's, it should. That's a ridiculous. Because it turns out that, you know, Medicare is a pretty big insurer and they would have a lot of leverage. I think I saw they'd a study. Probably, they'd, they'd probably get pretty good prices. I think there was a study that said if we just done like it was like a sample of like 25 drugs and it would save us like 300 billion over the next 10 years. Like I, just in, I, I 100% believe that, you know, and it was just like, not, not all of them, just 25. And it was like, yeah, yeah three, we would literally say we would take 300 billion off the cost of Medicare. If, if, if we were able to negotiate just these 25, like nothing else, it's like, Jesus Christ, which, yeah. which is just an argument that, you know, and, and I can promise you those estimates were not like, we are going to get the best price known demand. They were probably just like, we're going to pay what, what significantly smaller, you know, insurers, because no one is as big as Medicare, I don't think, right? Uh, 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 like some average between them. I'm sure their their estimates are probably even um, conservative, right? I would really love like pharmaceutical companies to when they testify before Congress and inevitably some congressperson asks them why a certain drug costs $22 in Sweden and it costs $943 here. And I, I just want them for once to just be like, because you fucking guys will pay it. <laughs> like, just be honest. Because, <laughs> like, because, well, yeah, because you will, and they won't, and so we'll charge you whatever we want. What, what is it typically? Well, we can't do that everywhere, so some people have to pay for it or something. Is yeah, that exactly. like the yeah? Because yeah. yeah. if we did that everywhere, we would be out of a. We wouldn't be able to yeah. make any money. Yep. Or like they pivot to how they give away their drugs in uh, undeveloped countries for free, right. and, and so somebody just, has to pay. We would like, stop that. It's like you know, with the money we save, if you were to charge us twenty two we could probably give like 5x the amount of free drugs away and still save money, you know? How about we just nationalize the... I don't know, the, Will. The, how the, about the we... pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> how about we remove the insurance industry as a well? whole? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's get on to some other stuff. So uh, I'm not going to bring up a whole bunch of COVID stuff this week, but there was one interesting talking point change, or maybe not change, but a uh, thing that I see going around, which is Republicans are looking to... Um, call out the reason the pandemic is continuing to spread and why people are have uh, vaccine hesitancy um, is, is actually uh, Black Americans and Democrats uh, are, are really the ones to blame. They, 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 they are harping on stats that, that show that um, uh, the um, Black American community basically um, 
uh, it doesn't have the same vaccinated rates as as um, um, I guess the non-black. I don't know if I don't know if they break it out to to like white and and, and everything else. But um, you know, clearly trying to run on the idea that 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 somehow this is really where the problem is, and if and if and if they could get their stuff in line, that we would be okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it is it is a tricky you know it, it's a trick of statistics that they get to compare minority vaccination rates um like black and latino vaccination rates against white vaccination rates as opposed to what's more accurate which is you know let's compare them to the the population that's actually causing the biggest issue which is republicans right right that said there is a huge problem with unvaccinated um minorities which looks like they're not they're not wrong that that's not it is a problem it's just not the biggest problem Right, right. I don't think anyone, uh, um, some of this seems to be access to the vaccine and some of this seems to be legitimate vaccine hesitancy, but I don't, um, I don't think it's the never vaccine, uh, uh, like it, like it is in a significant portion of the Republican party. And it, um, and it uh, there's is a huge a amount of distrust, um, amongst the black community of the vaccine. And I mean, really the, the, the government, right. Just proxy through the vaccine. Right. Which, um, and like for pretty good fucking reason, <laughs> um, like it's, they're not, they're not, they're not necessarily wrong. They're wrong in this instance, but like, you know, I get it. I certainly, it is a, 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 a belief. Like I, I, I can have empathy towards, um, over, over the anti-vax hysteria that's out there, um, from, from, you know, Republicans who, um, you know, reportedly were gonna get vaccinated maybe until Biden became president, in which case it became the worst thing possible, right? Um, I mean, we talked last time, even Trump kind of half-assed, tried to say get vaccinated and then immediately tried to flip to a joke when the, when the crowd turned on him. He then later signaled he's not going to get the booster and is now just flat out saying, hey, the reason unvaccinated people are, aren't, the, the real problems are the Democrats, which is, you know, just say what, say the criticism at you back at the other people, just always seems to be what he does, right? I'm not the reason everyone else's so um maybe not shocking just kind of funny right just further into the uh alternate reality yeah kind of i mean the the the, the talking points are the talking points I, I understand why they get to play this game and why they are playing this game right because if they can damage biden on covid while there is a resurgence of covid and make it seem like it's not the Republicans' fault, but that's just going to be good for them, right? So they might as well throw this at the wall and see if it sticks. So whatever. Um, but we can use this to talk about like some crazy shit the United States government did, which is why people might not trust them so much when it comes to vaccines, right? So, so in the early 2010s, um, the CIA ran a vaccination program in Pakistan that was fake for hepatitis B. And what they were really doing was collecting DNA to see if they could find relatives of Osama bin Laden in Abbottabad. And like, this was only a few years ago. And like, that is a huge, like now Pakistan is like, has huge problems with vaccine hesitancy. Cause it turns out like maybe these NGOs are actually the fucking CIA and they're not giving you a vaccine at all. They're doing something else, something shady. And it's like, I understand, like that's actually a pretty smart idea by the CIA yeah. in like in the very short term. That's very a really tactical, smart yeah, it's a very yeah. smart idea to try and find Osama bin Laden. Um, but the long-term consequence that now you have this huge population that has vaccine hesitancy, maybe it did more damage than good. 
And people get to use things like that as to why the government can't be trusted when it comes to vaccines. Uh, so uh, I didn't know about that one. It's uh, the first time I've heard about it in all of the anti-vax hysteria I've seen on the internet. I have not heard people using that one. Um, but to your point, that would be... In you Pakistan, know, they do. Fair. I meant, fair. I meant the in America, but yeah. Yeah. The idea no, that, if anything, like Republicans would probably be like, all right, that's that's a score one for the US government. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's probably why they're not bringing it up because like, they oh, agree you, with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you always learning the wrong thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like the Aesop's fables like must have been very fun. The Republicans <laughs> like always getting the wrong moral of the story. <laughs> Um, and and uh, someone posted uh, on the internet uh, uh, the hysteria around seatbelts back in, I think, the 80s, where there was an anti-seatbelt uh, coalition. Uh, people who were being told that to make seatbelts mandatory uh, law were being you know, compared to Nazis and Hitler and overreach of government. And they're trying to control every part of our lives. So, you know, I want to know who who was who did people get compared to before Hitler? So before Hitler, who did they get compared to? Uh, like Mussolini, maybe? I mean, he's kind of a contemporary, right? Uh, I mean, it's such an easy go-to. Um, they can compare it to like Lenin. <laughs> I really, I have no idea. I'm genuinely curious who the boogeyman was. Like who, not, not even the boogeyman, who, who the, um, <laughs> like the extreme was. Uh, Napoleon. Really? And Nebuchadnezzar. No shit. I mean. That's like going back far to compare like to Nebuchadnezzar, like 600 BC. like king of babylon right um yeah this goes the the, the the times of london called hitler the nebuchadnezzar of modern times yeah and and then it became a, a ship morpheus piloted you know yeah i mean hitler came and they're like cool we can use that we can use that word again yeah. nobody's gonna, <laughs> it's nobody's gonna clear. know it's in the clear <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, uh, doesn't mean you know this evil thing uh hannibal for example was called ancient hitler <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte <laughs> was described as 18th century Hitler. Yeah, no, like, like he, it's it's interesting that he is now the frame of reference, right? Like and, he is the <laughs> universal frame of reference for evil. Ivan and, the Terrible is branded as Russia's Hitler. Uh, you, you know, when somebody's like, I feel like there's going to be this like interesting light bulb moment that happens when somebody now like is the new Hitler, like they're the new frame of reference. Like, uh oh, maybe oh, we're no. the bad guys. Like, <laughs> Like I wasn't sure of it, but now I'm Hitler. Hitler is the old me. Yeah, you you will you will cre- you will make Godwin's law cease to exist, right? You yeah, will you poof were, overnight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were the new frame of reference. Um, uh, Hitler comparisons have uh, lost credibility, and and certain circles have been given rise to Hitler fatigue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I agree Hitler with that. Fatigue. Yeah, yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. 100% like it, it it immediately makes a conversation ridiculous right if somebody invokes nazis or hitler you can't there's nowhere else to go yeah it's like oh okay fuck so it. i'm hitler you're 2x hitler like hitler squared like what it's just you're a hitler, reference to hitler you're, you're hitler plus one <laughs> yeah like, you're, hitler, you're hitler you're hitler plus infinity you're hitler to to yeah, inf- yeah and there's nothing else to do at that point yeah. you thank thank you for ending the conversation you're hitler infinity plus infinity <laughs> uh so so um so covid so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah this went off the rails real quick so, <laughs> uh, uh justice barrett 
recently at a talk given at why don't you talk this one well because i think you, you know this one well and and uh this is funny yeah i mean so justice barrett was giving uh, a speech and she was talking about how uh the court is not a partisan institute um which is a noble sentiment i guess if you know not completely false and evidence of its falsehood is where she gave the speech, which was um, at the McConnell Institute, um, the McConnell Center in Louisville, uh, which was started by Mitch McConnell after, and she gave the speech after being introduced by Mitch McConnell at the McConnell Center. Um, so I guess presumably this was a thank you for getting her on the Supreme Court. Like, I don't know why she, she gave the speech, but um, yeah, it's, it's just, of, of course, the Supreme Court is a partisan body like it's a political body like why do we have to pretend that it's not like it shouldn't be i guess but it is and it has been basically forever so why do we pretend right if if it wasn't uh politicized why would republicans care so much like the amount of care put into getting your supreme court judge implies like it is it is it is telling the story that this is clearly um I mean, wasn't like the thing McConnell was most cared about were the judges, like, yeah, like I mean, not just the Supreme Court, but like uh, judge judges. appointees during the entire Trump presidency. Like he yeah. rushed through like an insane number of judges, basically. And yep. and, you know, the idea that like the courts can't be politicized or are immune to it is because if, if, if they could, if they truly could, McConnell would not give a shit about any of this. He wouldn't. They wouldn't matter to him. It'd be meaningless. Why don't they just like ask them in what way are they not? political like how are they not political could you explain that one party in the party in power chooses who it is right yeah. and in some cases with like basically no well, one i mean i i understand what mcconnell's answer is going to be right mcconnell's answer is going to be or any part you know any person i guess any politician's answer is going to be like the people that we elect are nonpartisan. they are only doing what the constitution tells them to do by the word like you know by the book so what we want to do isn't to put, you know, political appointees, partisan, you know, judges. Like, like activist judges kind of yeah, thing. We yeah, we want, all we're doing is putting somebody who will honor the word of the Constitution and the meaning of the Constitution, right? Like, that's going to be the answer. But then I want somebody to be like, I mean, come on, like, what, what's the real answer? <laughs> you, you want Roe v. Wade overturned, don't you? Yeah, like, you want, you, come, <laughs> on, come on. Like, what, let me, yeah. say Say the quiet part out loud. Um, and it's like, yeah, I mean... I don't know. There's probably a pretty strong like subset of people who genuinely do believe that, like, I don't know, these fucking originalists or whatever, ignoring the fact that the fucking constitution is supposed to change. It has yeah. mechanisms in it to change. Like the, the original document doesn't matter as much. I, I, I can't remember the arguments and I'm sure if, if Ariel was here, she, she might just have them like on the tip of her tongue, but like the, 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 like you talk about like the originals, the, the ones that are like strict constitutionalists or whatever they're called, there's like massive uh, 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 gaps in logic to hold that ideology. Like it is an ideology yeah. that is, it is not consistent. It, it has massive hypocrisy, hypocrisy everywhere. It is just a front. It is just a, a way to sound like you're, you're, you're for tradition when, when, when like a bunch of what they end up supporting goes very much against like, the original ideas, right? It's it's just like this is just a front to 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 keep to to push for the things you want, and that's it, right? Yeah. What I, what I what I want is, um, and this is an aside from 
these judges. What I want is for us to eventually like just release these podcasts, uh, the video of these podcasts, like on YouTube or something. And then anytime we talk about the law with no expertise at all, but confidence, but absolute <laughs> confidence, I want like our video to pause and I want like a little screen of Ariel to pop up and be like, actually, here's why they're wrong. <laughs> And like our podcast would wind up being like seven hours long. I mean, <laughs> if we had to count all the times we were wrong. And I mean, yeah. it, it, would add, it, would add a, it would probably add a few, a few yeah. extra minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you, uh, did you, have you ever seen like those uh, everything wrong with YouTube yeah. videos, like yeah. the, the CinemaSins guy? Yeah. Um, where it's just a counter. Like, I feel like that's what <laughs> we should have. We should just have a fucking counter that keeps going up. Uh, well, somebody uh, fact checks fact checks us. She could literally have her own podcast just listening to our podcast and <laughs> called my boyfriend and his friend are fucking morons. <laughs> the podcast. Here, here's what you actually need to know. All this stuff they're saying, yeah, they they're really sure of themselves. It's all it is the arrogance of 30-year-old white men. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know I'm right. What you talking about? Um, yeah, that's a fair point. Well, <laughs> There's a gold mine of content waiting for her to share this science. Um, uh, all right. Uh, okay. Oh, back on the COVID thing, which may be um, a little out of sync, but I want to bring it up. So Biden's pushing a vaccine mandate. Um, it looks like he's going after federal workers. Um, uh, it's estimated to cover about 4 million people. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think 4 million is maybe in the first pass. It... Um, uh, to more than 100 million workers. Um, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's going to start off in in the federal government and then work its way into private corporate private uh, companies. And uh, federal workers have roughly 75 days to get themselves back in it, vaccinated. Um, and I believe this was from a couple of days ago. And and the ruling down to the private companies is is looking to get like when it's announced, it'll be a 50 to 90 day before they have to comply. And this is, I'm all for this and this sounds amazing. And I hope it, it goes through and people get vaccinated. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, like I told you earlier, my company basically immediately sent out an email saying everybody had to get, like, we have to comply with this. Um, it, 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 it was an email delivered so quickly after this announcement that it felt like they were just glad for the political, like for the cover of like, oh, well, this is now a government mandate. So like, we have to comply with this. Um, but everybody get vaccinated. Um, which is awesome. I saw an interesting thing because obviously there's been a shitload of pushback against this, right? Um, even though overwhelmingly the, the public supports vaccine mandates, uh, there's, you know, obviously been quite a bit of pushback from the like political universe. And I saw an interesting take about how would there be the same level of pushback if it was mandatory um, weekly testing with a vaccine like opt-out essentially like in the same way that it's now a vaccine mandate with a testing opt-out just reverse that oh just in the framing yeah exactly it's that that's that's effectively the same rule it's, it's yeah it's exactly just, the same rule you're just changing you're just framing it yeah we're not we're not mandating the vaccine we're mandating that you get tested but if you have the vaccine you're you're you know removed from from that uh weekly testing um it doesn't it you're you're trying to take 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 the air out of people who 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 just take the first part and don't run with the second. Yeah, I'm absolutely like people yeah. who are saying like the, the government shouldn't be mandating what enters my body, even though that's a dumb argument anyway, but like it makes more sense than, you know, 
I don't think that's a bad take. I don't, I don't have any problem with it because it's the same damn policy and I'm for the policy. So like, if yeah, you exactly. want to say it that way and it, and it feels like it takes the air out of people who, who like have to blatantly ignore the, the language of it and, 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 and show more of like a partisan, partisan level ability to, 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 to misinterpret the truth. It just becomes harder for them to do that. Right. This is an yeah. easier thing to purposely misinterpret. Um, it is harder it's to an do easier that. thing to vilify. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, it's a fair point. Um, Maybe they'll change it. I don't know. I mean, it's the same damn wording. So. No, I mean, I feel like it's a missed opportunity at this point. Like, you can't go back. Right. Uh, Although it'd be hilarious. Like, all right, the compromise. Guys, the compromise. Guys, guys, guys. I got it. <laughs> We're going to compromise with you. We heard you. We heard you. Compromise. We are not mandating the vaccine. <laughs> Let me repeat. Exactly. We are yeah. not mandating the vaccine. But if you don't want a COVID test every single week for the rest of your life, here is a very convenient way to avoid yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. Again, no mandates. Yeah. Um, um, I think I think I'm I feel like they are while that's untenable, I feel like they don't even want people to think that's an actual option. I feel like they don't really want people to No, to it's a huge it's that. a huge burden. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and and maybe maybe the reason that you can't have a testing mandate is because if you have a testing mandate, then the government has to provide tests. Oh. That's a good point. And, and and the whole point is this needs to be a burden on the company, on yeah. on 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 every like we have to wedge people in in the way in the in the in the best in the fastest way we can. Yeah. And, so I mean there's there, there there's probably like really yeah. legitimate reasons why it has to be this way. Um because I am sure that this mandate went through all sorts of legal review to make sure that like it wouldn't get struck it's down. It's airtight and yeah. they can't find some bullshit you know, challenge that they can take up on it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, and, an, unfu- an unfunded mandate. And and you've said before that Republicans know if Biden gets COVID under control, it's like, it's the worst thing that could happen to them. Like they need it to spiral I mean, it's, out. It is, it is still by far the biggest thing that people care about. Yeah. So it, it is it is COVID and it is the economy. And those are both tied together. Right. If he gets it so, you know, we get into like the 70s or 80s and shit just goes way down and 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 everyone's like we're opening up um the and the world goes back to normal or in a in a, in a you know maybe maybe in you know super dense things they have some type of other mandate on top of that or i don't know right maybe maybe the mask uh recommendation still sticks around for like massive gatherings of people but outside of that it's gone you know um yep. that's a massive win for him yeah absolutely well uh, hope, hopefully that goes through yeah i mean lots of people are going to challenge it like there will be lots of lawsuits about it i'm seeing locally although i'm not seeing lawsuits i'm certainly seeing the anger even when they talk about um, mandating masks in schools I, I, you've heard me complain about it more than once on our on our slack but the the anti-mask hysteria is is live and well and very aggressive and constant so um hopefully um like the seatbelt coalition <laughs> they 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 you know they're here today and then the world gets vaccinated and everyone's happier and, and, and like, it just falls off the planet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- this is, this is obviously one of those things that in 40 years, people are going to look back and be like, what the fuck was wrong with people? Like, why wouldn't they get vaccinated? Right. Like how stupid were they in 2021? Right. Like, no, it's obviously history is not going to be on their side. Um, Unless something catastrophic happens and they get to write history and then history will be on their side. But um, <laughs> most likely. You mean like a mean like a new Hitler? 
right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe Biden. Joe, Hitler was the the old Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> if Joe Biden gets Hitlered, we were in bad shape. Yeah, it's bad. Um, did you see the uh, speaking of school mask things? There were a couple things that were interesting. Was uh, one the Biden administration said that they would pay any um, of the Florida administrator salaries that got caught up in like that were unpaid by the by the state of Florida uh, because really cool. of mask mandates. Um, and also, did you see that there was a? So I guess um, I don't know if it was in Florida. It was it was some southern state, but like September 10th or something was like the last date for uh, certain types of exemptions. And this like chiropractor like had this like public gathering of like come to this park and I'll write your kid an exception like a medical ex- uh, exemption from the mask mandate because fucking chiropractors are doctors. Fucking kidding me! I have no idea like how true that is. I saw it on Reddit like right before I joined this. So, but he, he was there enabling parents to get exemptions from their kids. Yeah, again, maybe it's complete bullshit. But I don't like. Eh, it feels pretty. That feels plausible. No, for that to happen somewhere once, that feels very likely. But I, to the idea that it's happening at scale, I think, is the crazy part. But the idea that this isn't happening somewhere, one guy. Oh, no, it's, it's reported on the Hill. So, yeah, one guy. Uh, whenever it's just one person doing something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. One chiropractor assigned uh, 500 medical exemptions. What the fuck? Can chiropractors be charged with malpractice? <laughs> Because like, because they're not doctors. Well, well like they aren't, <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> like they're enough to write this. So like, did they did they get around the malpractice laws because they're not actually doctors? Right, because you're not real doctors. You know how we <laughs> not know you're not a real doctor because I can't sue you for for doing anything to me, uh, uh, um, or at least under the malpractice statute. Yeah, because I mean, like, so you met 500 people in a park and you concluded they all meet the medical. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like if if a doctor met 500 people in the park and prescribe them all, you know, opiates, wouldn't we be like, you know, I don't, I don't think you examined all these people. You know what I mean? I'm just guessing that you have not put in the due diligence needed for such an exemption. Like there's not enough time in the day, right? You are, you are hitting uh, uh, um, a time paradox that like the likes of which that would like fucking make Santa Claus blush. Um, You know, like, 500 people, an examination, I assume, for any of this shit, which I have no idea what even a chiropractor would write a, a thing under. Like, what is even the justification that 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 your jaw, like your bone structures it? Like, what the fuck does a, chiro- a chiropractor even say to stop you from wearing a mask? I have, I have no idea. They're just using it's the idea that there's a doctor at their name and they're just like, yeah. they're running it. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I've only known a couple of chiropractors and they're all such assholes. So, like my sample set of chiropractors are people <laughs> who are assholes. <laughs> They, oh, and they all called themselves doctor. Uh, Fucking Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob was an asshole. I threw Dr. Bob out of the bar so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Did he tell you he was a doctor and he was drunk? Yeah, all the time. I'm like, you know, Dr. Bob, you're not a fucking doctor. You're a fucking chiropractor. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, apologize to the big chiropractor audience that we have. <laughs> yeah, some people were real serious about it. Yeah, yeah. Dentists get that way too, right? That's the other joke. Yeah, I mean, that was the joke in the Hangover. Yeah, the dentists are just doctors who couldn't get into med school. Did 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 Brian's dad ever? I never remember him being like, "I'm Doctor Alosio." Did he? He didn't do that, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember him doing that, but I just remember from the Hangover. So I'm somehow both high as fuck 
and a staunch Trumper. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> no, that that's the whole um uh like the whole natural movement had these weird ties in with the alt right. I remember reading about a while back, like you know, mysticism in general, speculation against which leads into general like anti-science sentiment, which then leads into like all this other shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh da, 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 da. so let's talk about 9-11. Uh, this is not meant That's to be quite, 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 quite the segue. Hold on, hold on. Very exciting stuff. This 9 well, thing. Okay. So, you know, I think everything we're going to talk about is lighthearted. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, 9-11 Just bad. shitty coincidence that it happened on that day. Like, I don't know where you're, look, I don't know where you're look, going with this. Whatever. All right. We all know people who died on 9-11. We all remember it. I don't, I'm not trying to. So here's them. an interesting thing, right? Is that. 20% uh, 25% of uh, the population of the United States was not alive during 9-11. That's crazy. Well, to you, 25%, that, that day was a little wild. Okay. It was wild. Things happen. Yeah, it's just one of, the, like, one of those things before. that makes me feel like really old. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. There's, there was an interesting uh, article that I saw about a teacher who like when she was teaching about 9-11 in the years immediately after 9-11 um she had to work to take like put objectivity into the events right to like um kind of like remove people a little bit from the emotion of that day because everybody obviously had such you know uh you know such kind of raw emotional ties to that event um but now when she teaches about 9-11 basically all she's doing is trying to inject the emotion back into it to try like to explain how extraordinary this event was um, which i thought was interesting like something that i you know it was really obvious but until i read about it like i'd never considered that you would have to work to put the tragedy and the emotion back into that event uh yeah it's a fair point um people who didn't grow up with it just don't see it it's a hard thing it's it's a thing that happened in the past right it's a thing that happened in the before time so i get it that kind of that that kind of that kind of tracks um yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I remember, I remember like in, in like 2015, I remember having a conversation with like my mom about how you know, obviously it was about, you know, her just abject racism and dismissal of the possibility of systemic racism. But the, the, you know, kind of the, the point I had used to make towards it was that the difference in time between people born in like 2015 and 9-11 is bigger than the difference in time of like me and the assassination of Martin Luther King. And like, I consider that ancient history because it happened before I was born. Right. Right. But like, we're still feeling the effects of nine 11 and we're going to feel the effects of nine 11 for a long time. So like maybe things that happened. Yeah. Even though they happened 50 years ago, like maybe they're a really big deal. Right. Yeah. That's a really good, I mean, is it an argument? in proof of systemic racism and how systems can propagate and how cultures can't just like move on from things overnight because of obvious reasons. That is a good example. Yeah. That like the ripples of this are going to be felt like are felt a long time after like, right. Very, very far removed from the actual event. Right. Right. Um, we didn't all the next day, we didn't on nine twelve be like, well, that was a thing that happened. Let's move on. Right. Why are we still talking about it? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, and not uh, uh, proving systemic racism news. Um, uh, a few interesting things happened. One, um, George W. Bush made a speech 
you pointed this out, Will, uh, where he talks about um, the extremist violence uh, right here in this country and likens it to domestic terrorism, uh, referencing the January 6th attack on the Capitol, um, which is, you know, granted he's an old, you know, not so relevant Republican. Likening extremist right-wing violence to to terrorism on 9-11 is a, is a significant thing to say from a Republican, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's also a significant thing in the context of like where he's at it, right? Like that, that's the bigger thing. It's not a surprise that George Bush is saying these things because he said them in the past, but taking a, an occasion that you would, I, like I would never expect him to say anything other than like solemn remarks about that day, um, you know, and showing some broader social conscious in his remarks. I, I, I think that's a big deal. Um, I unfortunately think that it's not at all a big deal because to, to the people who, you know, the intended audiences, um, right. Like Republicans who are okay with, like, I, I think that the, the set of people that are okay with, uh, January 6th and various other acts of like domestic terrorism, but mainly January 6th, um, you know, and who are swayed by George Bush is zero. Like there is no overlap there. <laughs> Do you think um, uh, there are some Trumpers out there who took down their George Bush, you know, pictures after that remark? No, I think that the Trumpers never had a George Bush picture. Yeah, exactly. There was just never like that happened a long time ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, so um, pretty much all the ex presidents except. Um, one and and the existing president attended uh, a 9/11 memorial as kind of a solidarity, right? You see Clinton, you see Bush, you see Biden. Um, uh, who you don't see, obviously, is Trump, who who was busy, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, announcing uh, maybe not announcing, but but uh, uh, part of a Holyfield boxing match, right? Um, look, you're talking all sorts of shit about Trump not showing up to 9-11 memorials. Where the fuck was Jimmy Carter? That's, that's all. Like, where, where was he? Building a house somewhere. <laughs> Christ, I don't know. Everybody's shitting on Trump. Nobody's asking, where's Jimmy? <laughs> where's, where's Jimmy? Where's Jimmy? Where the fuck is Jimmy? Where the hell was... All right, you tell me. Talk, talk about Trump and his uh, uh, Holyfield fight. Well, uh, one, like, how is how are they letting Evander Holyfield fight anymore? Like, that that can't be okay. He's that, that guy is 109 years old because Holyfield, like when I was growing up, was the old boxer. Yeah. Like that's like, you know, I don't know, a few years ago, them letting like George Foreman fight again. Like, what are you like? This is not okay. Like, this is the worst kind of spectacle for like basically people just to watch Evander Holyfield that, you know, be rolled into a stadium, a boxing arena in a wheelchair and like somebody put a fucking mouth guard in his mouth and just let him get beat up for you know, however long on, you know because of like pay-per-view or whatever uh, but yeah i mean i don't know in in some way like that's the most american fucking thing like that is the the, the most celebratory american like quintessentially uh, american thing that you you could do so maybe maybe trump in his way was was honoring the legacy of 9-11 by you know, celebrating the excesses of, of America. Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize you were thinking about entering in the Olympics next year with that, that <laughs> level. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't think that's, that's how this was going to go. 
the, the I, I got a ta- I got a taste for the the, the, the the mental gymnastics <laughs> you just uh, spun there are impressive. I did not. Uh... <laughs> no, you were seriously um... considering. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, so Trump, the most American of uh, the Americans. Um, I mean, I that's how I would spin it. <laughs> um, the most American thing I could do. So uh, uh, what what he also did because uh, Trump wasn't done is he gave a virtual speech to a uh, controversial religious cult uh, of, of uh, South Korea, the Unification Church. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, uh, South Korea, uh, also on 9-11. And this, what had to have been uh, a paid endorsement to them on this very, very, very strange video. Um, so Trump, you know, making money in apparently the most American way possible and also, you know, proving how religious he is by by sending out a paid endorsement to to this group uh also noted uh mike pence and mike pompeo have have appeared in front of these places in the past yeah um this i mean look trump this was pre-recorded <laughs> trump, oh, no, no. trump had no control over when it was going to be released uh, trump regrets the timing yeah <laughs> they were, like this was not this is an oversight in his contract uh-huh uh-huh um and reunification of the korean peninsula is an obviously noble thing to aspire to right so trump's commitment to to again the, yep you know yep. i don't i don't see any jimmy carter, i don't see jimmy carter speaking on behalf of the the reunion reunification of, of south and north korea you know what happens you, Jim, you google jimmy carter like the third the third like google thing is when did jimmy carter die okay because that guy's old right why don't you google what is jimmy carter's position on reunification of North and South Korea. <laughs> Why isn't anybody asking the important questions? Why is no one asking these questions? <laughs> I don't think we should be questioning Trump and his motives until we, we find out what Jimmy Carter thinks. Sure. Yeah. You don't, I mean, Democrats don't ask. We don't ask the hard questions. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You got to really take a, a long, hard look at yourselves. <laughs> before you, before you point that outward. And, and Jimmy Carter is the most elder member of the Democratic Party. Clearly, he speaks for all of us. Exactly. We cannot move forward until we, we until we know. I actually want to know where, like, where does Jimmy Carter rank in, like, by age in the Democratic Party? Because it's got to be up there. He's like he's ninety six according to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. I think he's in like the the top thousand. Probably. Probably. <laughs> this guy just won't die. Um, um. Yeah. No. Trump's a fucking asshole. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, like these are these are fucking easy wins. Like they're the e- the easiest win in the world is there's two. It's fucking denounce Nazis in Charlottesville and like say some nice shit on the anniversary of 9/11. Like the easiest things in the world to do. Yeah, they should have been automatic wins. Yeah, like whoever whoever is running his shadow campaign for president, like what are you doing? Like how little control over him do you have? That you can't just convince him to like, hey, you don't even have to go to New York if you don't want to. We'll just like, just say it in front of fucking, you know, don't, don't do it on the green MROI. Like, don't do that. Right. But, or at the row or whatever, just like sit at your desk, say some nice shit. We'll put it online. And we'll all be okay. He's probably like, give me a hundred thousand dollars. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> yeah, He's exactly. like, well, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, this, uh, this church in South Korea is going to give me a hundred thousand dollars. So if you want me to say something, you got to give me a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. Trump is Trump. Maybe again, the most American thing you can do 
which would be um, to not really the give a shit about capitalist. history yeah. <laughs> and just focus on making capital. Uh, uh, regardless, I don't know. I don't know how you spin it. Trump's an asshole. So uh, Giuliani doesn't seem to fall far behind. No, you know what? At least Giuliani's fucking honest. Like, as, as crazy as this shit is, you know, I do believe he actually cares, right? What about 9-11? That's his entire identity. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I, I think that, that he legitimately does care. I think, I think he, you know, legitimately does believe that we shouldn't have left Afghanistan the way we did or whatnot. Could be. In the moments of lucidity when he remembers <laughs> what Afghanistan is. <laughs> what is in Afghanistan? Um, well, he got, he did a speech recently, which people were reporting he was drunk. He apparently greatly refused it, but uh, shitting on on the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Miley, uh, saying we should not have pulled out in Bagram Air Base is, is incredibly critical in defeating China. I don't know. That all feels a weak reach. I haven't heard any analysis, not that I'm following up on any of this, but I've not heard any large criticism for that reason. I feel like everyone ran to the, a bunch of people died, therefore Biden is the worst president, and and no one's really taking any other stance uh, outside of that. No, I mean, there there is, I think, legitimate criticism to be had about ceding power in a lot of these places, and Afghanistan kind of falls into that, to China, right? Um, I, th- I think that that is a legitimate criticism. Well, it was... Um... You know, wasn't it? It was originally Russia getting their influence in, in Afghanistan, right? Way back in the day, which we discussed. Uh, it was in, originally England, like well, way back in the day. <laughs> I was talking more um, Rocky Three day, but you know, Rocky Three, bro. I'm, I'm just we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do most more Stallone. Watched podcast. We're gonna have to do more Stallone movie. Podcasts. I need more history. Yes, if you think, if you think, Stallone. yeah, if you think Rocky Three was that Rocky Three was that the Ivan Drago Rocky. Rocky three was the Mr. T Rocky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, which is no, not Rocky. Why did I say Rocky? Uh, uh, Rambo Rambo fucking Rocky Rambo Rambo three yeah. Rambo three. Yeah. Um, well, Rocky four was the Russian Rocky, which I think is like the second best Rocky. I like Rocky. Yeah, the, I mean, the first, but the Rocky the fir- one is the original is the best. best. Yeah. But like, is obviously I think four Rocky. is actually my second favorite. I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, it, ha- it has the best workout montage. It does. Him running through the snow. Yeah, with like, the guys pre- like, like doing the, the press of doing the press of the the logs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, yeah, him doing uh, all the the steroids in the fancy Russian gym. Like the, the, the like close up on the needle, like just yeah. like best 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 workout montage. Rocky Four. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, there is a there is a legitimate criticism to seeding influence in all of these places. And I mean, the China had made inroads with the Taliban already, like as uh, you know, built in road and shit, right? Yeah, make, exactly. Make 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 inro- make uh, promises of investment with large uh, ties uh, back to China. Uh, I mean, they've been doing it for I don't know how many years now, but it's been incredibly successful. Um, uh, it's like a decade, yeah, or so. But yeah, no, it's, it's super successful. Um, get mining rights in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. And you open up like economic trade routes to yeah. these, these places, which is what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I mean, I like that is a criticism. Giuliani, maybe not the best messenger. And ultimately I think if Trump pulled out, I'm, I feel like he'd be touting the Trump line. I don't think he'd be going against Trump. So no, of course not. Um, did you see the Blinken thing today? Um, where basically he's saying that like, 
Trump left him like his line now is that uh, Trump left them with a mandate to leave, but no plan on how to. So like when they came into office, they had to leave. They had to honor the the deal, the treaty that was signed. Um, but there was no plan put in place prior to the Biden administration on how they were going to actually accomplish that. So it was a scramble. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the message from the secretary of state. Obviously there was a lot of botching of this. So of course they're going to try and blame the prior administration as much as they can. Sure. I am sympathetic to that, (laughs) to that line of, of reasoning, but, um, I'm also cynical enough to know that it's a, a way to scapegoat the previous administration for undoubtedly what are some of your failures. Right. And no one should be shocked that Trump agreed to do something with no plan in, in place to do it. So without the agreement, without the participation of the Afghanistan government. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. Hey, we negotiated this thing for you. Good luck. Yeah. What's in it? Definitely in your, definitely in your best interests. Yeah. How do we do it? Don't know. Don't care. That's your problem. In fact, in right. the, in the speech that we gave at the end of it, we said, now it's up to you guys to figure out how to work with the Taliban. <laughs> right. Keep in mind, if I, when I win this election and this all falls to shit, you are going to be the ones blamed for not being able to successfully figure it out yourselves. Yeah. Also, it's my last election. So fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, what would have happened if he had won? I mean, would he have pulled out or do you think he would have just yeah, absolutely do you, you don't think he would have just literally ripped up the treaty and just been like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like he clearly no. has a tendency to rip up treaties. No, not at all. Um, no, same shit that would have, that happened in, um, what Syria the Kurds. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Would have left them. It would have probably been worse. And he probably would have just blamed the Afghanistan government and said, look, we gave these guys the tools. They didn't want to do it. You so know. we would have left some people there if they had oil, but it turns out they have nothing we want. So fuck them. Fuck them. Um, okay. Uh, the, 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 what else up, we got? We got the times quiz. This was a good suggestion. We have a New York times quiz up. Some of the stuff we might have already talked about. I don't know. Actually, I haven't read it. Well, have you, yeah, have you, you watched this you, one? Yeah, you get to do the quiz because I've already done it. Oh, so. dude, I'm not going to be able to do the quiz. You're definitely going to be able, you're going to get at least seven right. That's my guess. Seven out of the 11 questions Jeez, you'll get right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. First first question. And we're going <laughs> to, this part's difficult to cut it. But Or if I get too many wrong, we're going to cut it. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> which nation Supreme Court uh, this week ruled the criminalization of abortion is um, criminalizing uh, abortion is unconstitutional holy fuck it's one sentence that it's important (laughs) which nation supreme court this week ruled that criminalizing abortion is unconstitutional i'm gonna go the u.s what i don't know isn't it criminalizing abortion criminalize that criminalizing abortion is unconstitutional that you like Uh, it is unconstitutional to yeah to make laws criminalizing abortion no it was mexico um you know so in addition to uh, dental care and plastic surgery, then you get to vacation to Mexico for your, all of your abortion needs as well. It is just, could we have runners to Mexico now for abortions? I mean, people legitimately go to Mexico to get dental work and plastic surgery. Yeah, absolutely. It's much cheaper. What? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. Healthcare in the United States. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So COVID infection rates and the latest vaccines. No, but like, I think that, I think that's a big deal that um, especially because like there is a pretty significant swath of Mexico that, I mean, it's a pretty religious place, um, that does not believe in that. And uh, it's a big deal that like legitimately people are going to go to Mexico to get abortions. I think so. I mean, yeah. that, that <laughs> makes a ton of sense right now. Um, 
Yeah, especially in, in place like Texas. Yeah. Just uh, go across the border real quick, you know, spend a night there and come back. And just like when you, they ask if it was for business or pleasure, business. It's, it's, it's a valid point. Uh, and that, the fact that they're so close to Texas, you, you, you hope, although that still is very going to be very hard for a lot of people to do. But um, you hope that that becomes some kind of like way for some people to cope with the bullshit that's happening in Texas. So um, COVID infection rates in, in the least vaccinated states are higher than the rates in the most vaccinated states identify the states labeled with the question mark on the blow chart. So share population with at least one vaccinated dose. Uh, I got this question wrong, by the way. So this is like the best. So this is like the people are doing the best, right? Number of cases and percentage 75% of shit. I mean, my gut wants to go Massachusetts. Yeah, I got it wrong because I didn't fully read the, I was like, it's above the dotted line. It's got to be, it's got to be a bad state. Yeah, no, but like it's it's not, 75% no. are, are yeah, vaccinated. Exactly. I didn't, yeah, read, yeah, the, yeah, I didn't yeah, read the axes. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right. So uh, Massachusetts uh, on the graph, the other options were Alaska, Florida, Mississippi, and Tennessee. And I feel like um, you're right. If you just read the graph right, that would have been the obvious answer. Yeah, but um, it's, um, no, I mean, it, it, it's nice that there's like such a pleasant reinforcement of, of a trend line, right? Right, right. You just pick, pick like, the blue one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which one is it? The, 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 the one with Democratic senators. Uh, President Biden recently ordered federal agencies to classify government documents related to which events? The attack on Pearl Harbor, first known U.S. case of COVID-19, the January 6th Capitol attack, the September attacks, the U.S. withdrawal of Af Afghanistan. Um, do, 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 do. I don't, honestly, I don't think it's Pearl Harbor. The first known U.S. case of COVID, I don't, I don't know why that would be classified. Uh, the January 6th Capitol attack, I, I don't think that anything there has been, I feel like that stuff's been kind of coming out. September 11th attacks, I, I can't imagine now is the time. I mean, the U.S. withdrawal from event, I mean, that's really recent, but maybe the last one. I'll go with the last one because I don't know. Nope, it's a September, September 11th. 11th. Okay. Yeah, it turn, turns out 20 years later, it's a pretty good time to declassify. Publicly release. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really interesting because there's going to be just, there's a huge amount of documentation, like classified documents around it. Um, some of it has already like leaked a little bit and what's been declassified. Um I just felt like, that, like that, some, I felt like some FOIA closer, requests some would have gotten tied. all of that. No. All right. It's classified. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, some some closer ties to Saudi Arabia than, you know, that, that were not known for some of the attackers. Um, was the only news that I've seen that's come out of what's been declassified so far. Um, but I think it's good that, that it's happening. I think it's actually really good that it's happening. So I guess relatively close in the grand scheme of things like 20 years is a long time for, but you know, it's not that long for people to get some of the answers that they seek or for transparency, I guess. Sure. Sure. Uh, the Saudi Arabia stuff, I thought we already knew, but you're saying there's stronger ties there. Yeah. That, that that there, yeah. That there are stronger ties. Uh, we call, covered this last time. Michael K. Williams, uh, one of television's finest actors found dead this week at 54. Uh, what did he play? This is Omar. This is the guy from the wire we talked about. last. Yeah, time. but there's three things. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but you know, but you know Chalky? that he wasn't Walter White in Breaking Bad, and you know he wasn't Roger Sterling. No, he was in Lovecraft uh, Country, and he was in Boardwalk. Yeah. And I didn't, yeah. I just don't know, I just don't know if those were the guys he played. But, but yeah, okay, yeah. all right. This is this New York Times news quiz, not trying to trick you. Right, right. Like, no, he was in that show, but that wasn't the character name. Okay. Um, which uh, national leader this week told business and entrepreneurs to share more of their wealth as part of a push to narrow its country's wealth gap in common prosperity? Ooh. 
national leader. It's not Boris Johnson. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know who Armin Lachey is. He is a leader of um, one of the parties in Germany. One of the parties. Okay. Um, yeah, I, he's like uh, Mitch McConnell. Okay. Well, then, 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 thank you. Uh, Xi Jinping. I don't. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with the last one because it's unknown because I don't think Joe Biden. That's, that's the prime minister of Japan. Sure. Prime minister Yoshida of Japan. Yoshida. Oh, she's in ping. Really? Yeah. Oh, common prosperity. I should have fucking read that into that. Yeah, yeah, turns that out was... that fucking China socialist. No. <laughs> like, uh, and, and well, no. Like, but the language, the, the wording. The yeah, wording. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I should have caught. The common prosperity shit. That's That was basically China all over. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's the guise of, price, uh, yeah. of communism, right? It's It's like... Damn Clearly it. a pretty fucking capitalistic place, but they're still no, but like and... that's their word. That's like the way they yeah. they uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and they're they're also like arresting lots of billionaires, right? They're seizing a lot of assets. Like that's it it is a uh, and um inequality there, yeah, like income inequality is hugely problematic in China. So I believe that There's a lot of poor and a lot of very, very rich. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean most of the country is like destitute farmer kind of thing right so um irish author sally rooney this week released her third novel beautiful world where are you what's the name of her claimed previous novel i have no idea yeah neither do i uh it turned into a tv series for the bbc and hulu um i I feel bad i I feel bad that i I didn't even bother looking this up after i didn't know the answer to it i was like (laughs) whatever i don't give a shit about this at all (laughs) uh yeah uh sure but i think Uh, that these are all good titles that all seem plausible sure i can't i can't like just (laughs) beautiful world where are you what came before it um uh some kind of like the goldfinch i have no idea i I really i really wanted it to be because of how different it is from beautiful world beautiful world where are you what i wanted it to be a visit from the good spot (laughs) like i feel like that is the appropriate follow-up to beautiful world where are you <laughs> it's it's a visit from the goon squad that's it's exactly what you that's want. where that's where it is <laughs> all right well that that so the answer was normal people i don't i don't know yeah i don't uh liz was home founder of a disgraced biotech startup went on trial this week to face fraud charges what was her company called it was theranos that's that's spent too much time watching yeah that's that. that is that is exciting right like that this uh this trial is finally going to get underway um because she is a super interesting character and her defense now is that her boyfriend who was also an executive in the company um like assaulted her and was ultimately responsible for her maintaining this like fraudulent um like pursuit because he wanted it and he was uh controlling her in some way um but i mean it turns out that she was like defrauding people way before she was in a relationship with him so i don't know how well that's going to hold up as a defense right like you're just going for the pure sympathy like yeah what's his name the the guy who uh Kariru, right the guy who did the, the reporting it i mean it seemed like there was such an extension uh, such such an extensive amount of information that i gathered and and the timeline he put together just seemed like there's just no way that you could have used this as, as a defense you know either that or he's just an incredibly good storyteller and that's just how i felt i don't know yeah, I mean the the documentary, the 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 inventor on on HBO was so good. Yeah, and she is so batshit insane. Right, because oh. you you go to you go to all of the things which aren't um, 
aren't reasons to, to think they're guilty, but they they definitely help the narrative of like the changing the voice and the. Well, the, like, yeah, I'm cur- I'm cur- what which voice is she going to use during her trial? <laughs> right, right. Um, and like, and then they, and and these are again, these are all things that don't. It's like they fit in the narrative, so I always get worried. But they talk about when she was young and how she like thought differently, and then you get to like the college professor who was like, "Hey, this is what you're trying to do with blood." I get you want a lot of stuff around this, but like, it is impossible. There's no known technique in the world to be able to drive this information out from the amount of limited blood you have. Like it's, it's, it's physics at that point, but like, so without you breaking our like understanding of blood entirely and how to like draw the information we need, not just, you know, form factor, you know, uh, 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 a more efficient form factor on a device. Right. But like fundamentally breaking our idea of, of blood, you're, you can't do this. And she just looked at her like, I don't care. And then, and then they just couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. I was like, you know what? If all she did was defraud some venture capitalists, I would have been pretty okay with that. I don't think this would have gotten here if, if it was just that. It's because yeah, they it put just, this stuff out into the VCs, world. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's because of like the Walgreens um, right. partnerships and, and whatnot, um, where she made claims that weren't, that weren't true to the actual business world. Um, yeah, and, and they were also like testing real people's blood, right? Like this, that was kind of a big problem right they were getting either false negatives false positives um and and uh um or or like like knowingly sending back results that that were not up to normal lab standards like it was just an absolute disaster so yep um okay so which the following people that's that's fun yeah and i'm I'm excited for it you know it's good that this is all going to trial apparently she had a kid uh uh who knows what kind of you know you just hope that bad things happen to people who try and mess with medicine or think that like you can run a, a, a medical device company, like you can run, you know, software that places, you know, hot dogs on people's heads or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. If she wasn't fucking with real people and real healthcare, I wouldn't care about as much, but I don't think anyone would, it would just be yeah. another startup that like, yeah, it'd be nowhere. fucking juice, Juicera. <laughs> like, that stuff fails all the time it got yeah, all its 135 million dollar juice machine that all it does is like squeeze the juice packet for you instead of you squeezing it yourself and just like <laughs> putting a straw in the juice packet like capri sun <laughs> that's yeah it, 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 we've gotten more i mean it, they were valued in these billions but still it would not have gotten to where it was if it wasn't all that other craziness yeah and probably her cult of personality too like she had this way of drawing in people um, that probably helped them as well. Anyways, um, uh, which of the following people resigned or were fired in recent weeks because of their connections with Cuomo? Uh, Alessandra Biagi, I think, Alfonso David, Chris Cuomo, Hazel and Dukes, and Roberta Kaplan. So, I mean, Cuomo's still around. Alfonso, I don't know any of these other people. Uh, I don't remember hearing about a senator resigning. Um, president of the New York State Conference. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Roberta Kaplan. I don't know. It's gotta be two. Christ, it's two. Yep. Uh, uh, president of the NAACP conference. Ah, let's go with Alfonso David. Oh, look at <laughs> look at look, look at you randomly guessing. No, I was just I didn't hear about Cuomo, and I didn't yeah. hear about any senator resigning. So I'm like, it's two of these three. I just didn't know which two. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm pretty happy with anybody getting um caught up in anybody who's caught up in in defending. Cuomo uh, having to resign. That sounds good to me. Uh, um, I'm sure there were a lot more people that didn't, but the fact that some did and paid a price is always good. Yeah. President of the human rights campaign, except for, you know, those, the, the rights of those women. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm for all human rights except except for, for these, except for these ones. <laughs> except for the very, one that's in the orbit. The yeah, Cuomo orbit is very against you. <laughs> but all others. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my mom my mom was a, mo- uh, a woman. I, uh, I definitely appreciate women, right? Like that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so Disney's Marvel's uh, Shang's, uh, Shang uh, Chi? Chi? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Yeah, Shang Chi. Shang Chi uh, and The Legend of Ten Rings set a new domestic box office record on Labor Day weekend, surpassing 30 million Halloween made in 2007. How much did Shang Chi bring over the four day weekend? Um, for Labor Day weekend, so it's over thirty. Well, all of the answers no, are over thirty. Right. So one of them is weirdly specific I, I would, at thirty. I, I would. I would love if one of them was less than thirty. <laughs> so you have thirty-three, fifty, ninety, and one hundred and sixty, and thirty-three is weirdly specific. So I'm going to play the game of like this is too specific not to be right, and I was wrong. It was ninety million. Yeah. So so that's when I first read this, my mind had a hard time going back to before COVID existed, where I was like. Really, like the biggest opening weekend on, on Labor Day was only ninety million. Forgetting that, like, you know, people go on vacations and like enjoy the end of summer, and the last thing that they're going to do is go to the movies. Yeah. So how <laughs> like did this rank in ninety million? That's not movies, is it? Or yeah, is that no, like this paid? is box office. No, this is. It wasn't available on streamed. Holy crap! Yeah. So they made ninety million dollars this weekend. Um, what does that even mean? Like, is it just because no one's going on vacation? Is that the argument? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that movie theaters are open again, finally, and people aren't leaving as much. So they're looking for things to do. Shit. Um, yeah, but I mean, also interesting that like they would release like a Marvel movie on Labor Day weekend, right? Like you would figure that this would be, you know, opening on a like a Christmas or something like that, like a more regular. Or like the big July, like or like yeah. July 4th weekend or whatever. That always seems to be yeah, like exactly. a big like summer uh, blockbuster, blockbuster type yep. of a thing. Not, yep. not the not the last week of the summer where nobody's going to like, everybody wants to be outdoors. Do you think that because they have streaming on like, do you think that like they were able to predict this? They probably were right. I mean, they can, they understand streaming and analytics that way. They probably knew we're getting a, uh, dis, a disproportionate amount of people more than expected over previous years. you like, do you wonder if they, they knew this was coming? Um, no, I, I don't, I don't think that I think that they had to release it and now is as good a time as any because <laughs> theaters are open again. Um, and that I think that probably whatever contract they had didn't allow them to put it on Disney plus for streaming in the same way that like black widow was right. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, that's a monster number. Yeah. But like, how, I, I don't think that it's going to make that much more right. Like it feels like everybody who was willing to go to the movies to go see something probably did it already. Because like, I don't think that the like amount of people that are okay still or okay yet oh you don't going think it's going to apply th- a future trend over the next few weekends or something yeah, yeah like yeah, i mean yeah. it always goes down a little bit or most movies like this will go down a little yep. bit but it's gonna it'll retain you know maybe it'll go down by 30 percent. but i think this will like plummet um and then i think it'll go on to disney plus really quickly like it'll have its really quick run in theaters and then they'll put it on disney plus for you know rent for 15 bucks or something yeah which is the new trend i've seen where it's like yeah you have the service and we'll get it here eventually. But if you want to see it now, yeah, it's a lecture. Well, I like the HBO Max version, which is just like, fuck it, we're just putting it on for free. Well, yeah, like of course new- you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like it's an interesting business model, right? Like they don't care about like the the added revenue is in subscriptions, and if they can add more subscriptions by including that, then if it was a separate fee like Disney Plus does, 
then it works out in the wash, right? And like the, because that's obviously the calculus that they did, right? Sure. Um, and they decided that like, yeah, being able to put all of our new releases immediately up on a streaming service is going to net us more money in the long run. Right. People will make the decision when I got to cut, if I have to, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep the one that I know is not going to have the extra fees. And that's the, the idea. Sure. Yeah. Also, I mean, if, you know, a family is going to buy four movie tickets, say the average family doesn't go to the movies once per month. So, you know, even if they went to the movies three times per year, that's 120 bucks. They spend more on HBO max. And if that's an enticement for keeping HBO max, like they're just getting more money out of people, even if they're losing on the individual movie a little bit. I mean, look, HBO seems to just be successful no matter what they do. So they clearly they're on to something. So I, I, I would not bet against HBO for sure. Yeah. As, as long as they um, can keep making prestige television, whatever they have to do to stay in business is good with me. Well, they, they came out with the, I finally watched the show, the show white Lotus. I haven't yet. Um, oh. Surprisingly. Um, that is Megan, a surprise. Yeah. Megan, Megan wants me to, I just haven't. Um, I don't know. The, the aesthetic of it didn't seem like I would be into it. But I've heard, uh, I've heard really good things. Do you like uh, shows that make you feel really awkward? Like uh, no. First season like, of Office? No. Like, I don't I don't ever enjoy that feeling. All right, well. Like, those were always the worst parts of the, sh- the episode for me. Like, that super cringy, yeah. awkward feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, I do remember Ariel uh, uh, hiding in her sweatshirt several times watching it. Yeah. So that's my, that's my reaction is like, there's not, there's a, there's a word for that. And I can't, I can't remember what it is, but like that, um, when you feel pain at other people's, that's what it seemed like. It's like over empathizing with the, the, like over sympathizing with the awkwardness. Like I, I, I know how it feels to be that awkward (laughs) and it hurts so much. (laughs) Well, so I, if, if you don't ever watch it or don't get through it, um, I, I will understand. I'll watch it eventually. And I might fast forward through parts. <laughs> <laughs> you might fast forward through a lot of parts. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, uh, this week, El Salvador adopted a new national currency. Which two currencies does the country now use? You actually told me this one um, because it's a shocker. Uh, so I'll go with the US dollar and Bitcoin. Um, uh, that's incredible and insane. Yes. I've never heard of a country adopting a crypto before. Um, I don't know what that yeah. means. Like if it drops 20%. Did, did, did everything in their world just become 20% cheaper? I mean, that's what they're saying, right? Yeah, I mean, it is good Good luck to them, I guess. If, if Bitcoin falls out the out the floor, like, is it just like a, like, will people have to readjust pricing faster than people can then spend Bitcoin to buy things? Is that like the argument? Yeah, I, I mean, I... You put up a house. Like a house is worth three Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin drops to a thousand dollars. Are people now rushing to buy houses in El Salvador before they're like <laughs> readjust the Bitcoin price? Readjust the Bitcoin price. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean? I'm sure that there is some tie into the U.S. dollar in some way. I don't. I, I haven't read enough about it. If it's ultimately the U.S. dollar, but and, and it's always a real time translation, then you're not really on Bitcoin, right? Yeah. No. It's that. So the government gave everybody, I think, forty dollars worth of Bitcoin or something like that. Like every citizen of El Salvador um, to encourage it. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and El Salvador has had tons of problems with like inflation in their currency. And so I get why they wanted to tie it to something else. That, but it, it feels like a bad idea. Well, I guess we'll see. But I, I mean, I guess like the, the idea that like, you know, governments want control over their currency because it turns out like you can do really useful things with like by having control over your currency um, isn't so applicable 
when historically your government has been unable to maintain a currency that hasn't entered like hyperinflation. So if I guess if any place was going to do it, it's going to be like, you know, someplace like that or Zimbabwe or, you know, some places had historic issues with their currencies. Sure. Um, and tying it to the U S dollar is a good idea, but we'll see what happens. It is certainly interesting. It'll be an interesting test case. Yep. Um, and this one, whatever. Yeah. I don't know this. So the NFL introduced a new rule for their season as evident, uh, in this photo of Buccaneers running back, uh, Leonard Fournay for right. Uh, what is it? Uh, it, I mean, I mean, this is going to be hard on a podcast. Uh, no, no, the guy doesn't have long sleeves on certain positions are not required to wear shoulder pads. I mean, I think I see shoulder pads, although maybe they're smaller. I don't know. All helmets must have face shields to prevent COVID spread uh, from touching each other because <laughs> they're not touching each other. Teammates <laughs> 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 are prevented from touching each other on the field. That's a funny one. Many positions can now wear single-digit jersey numbers. I, oh, Christ. Uh, I don't understand the, the, the long sleeve thing. I don't know why that would matter unless it's like – I don't know if that – uh the covid thing is that i can't imagine i mean they are both wearing shields i don't know why they're wearing shields all right i'll go i'll go with the covid thing but i have no idea what is it Many single percent? single digit jerseys what is that what is that to do with um, anything yeah so so football historically has had uh specific numbers like number ranges were only available for specific positions so anything that was single digit <clears throat> prior to this year was a quarterback number Sorry, what was the? So the reason? rule was it, like only quarterbacks could wear single digit. There was a reason. There was like a rationale with that. For some yeah, reason. that ev- that that positions had specific um, number ranges, so that oh. you could identify really quickly who was what position. Oh, from the other side. Yeah. So like linemen are uh, fifty and above. Oh. And they're also ineligible to touch the ball. Like linemen, you can't. Yeah, you, can't so that- be, you can't be a receiver when you touch the ball. That seems like a valid. Why, why wouldn't they? Because um... it turns out it doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, like, people like... L- l- linemen are still like that, but um, like running backs and skill positions and shit, like they can wear whatever whatever number they want. Got it. Got it. All right. Yeah. Basically, they just broke it down as far as I'm aware. I don't know. I don't really follow football anymore, but um, they broke it down into like eligible receivers and ineligible receivers. Like those are the... So they still have like a, a range dictating like some kind of value, but it's a broader range now and yep. includes single digits. Okay. All right. Yeah. Unimportant. Okay. Uh, I got a five out of 10. Uh, my score was below the average. Womp womp. Um, this is disappointing. Well, how many did you get? Uh, I got nine. Well, you are in the top 16%. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Whatever. Oh, it's cumulative. You're yeah. in the top 26%. 26%. Right. I'm in the bottom 20, <laughs> the bottom 25%. Yeah, okay. it didn't work. didn't work out too well for you. All right. Um, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I like, I like the New York times news quiz because one um, I like to see if I've, been paying at least a little bit of attention to the news that week. Um, but also it's always like seven or eight questions that I'm really interested in and probably know the answer to. And then there's probably, you know, four, three or four um, questions that I have no fucking clue. Like I, nothing I would normally care about at all. Um, so it's interesting to learn a little bit about that, except for that book title, which I didn't, there was no Intellectual partial credit. Partial There's no credit intellectual curiosity there. Being, I was just like, whatever, this doesn't matter to me at all. <laughs> no, that, that one was good. And uh, uh, um, I, I think yours was the best, which should have been the right answer. I've been from the Goon Squad. Should have preceded Beautiful World, Where Are You? <laughs> I would read that book if it was from the Goon Squad. <laughs> it's uh, the story of, of Andre the Giant. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll call the Brutes God. I am the Brutes God. <laughs> uh yeah so all right well this was good and 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 next time i i would i i'd be happy to take it in a blind again or or if like brian's on we can have some fun with it um but i like this this was fun yeah i, I can wait until uh until the the podcast to, all right good to take it maybe we'll do that we'll, we'll do it in the blind and whoever else is around and, and and then we can argue about our answers <laughs> and then we'll and then we'll select it okay and and yeah we'll be able to hear who's typing Hey, there was no typing. Okay, no, there, was, there was no typing with a score out I mean, of five fuck, out of eleven. Fucking five out of eleven. There was no typing. Weren't. That was an honest <laughs> five out of eleven. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess we'll we'll call it in until next week. Well, this was fun. Yep. Sounds right. good. Later. <laughs> Later.